and that is Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal. You are listening to Rumination Tuesday on this July the 2nd in the year of our Lord 2019. And that means we're going to be taking a look at the hymn. And it's the hymn that they have selected for this fourth Sunday after Pentecost. And with me in the studio, of course, is our dear friend, Pastor Mark Smith. Hey, Tom. Great hymn. Magnificent hymn. I love it. You'll never guess how many verses it had originally. Oh, 12. <laughs> 23. 23. <laughs> 23. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't like the preacher, you just sing the hymn. <laughs> Boy. 23 verses. Yeah, the individual, Allendorf, uh, he was part of what they call the cool, thin circle of poets. Uh-huh. And these were widely circulated among the pietists. No kidding. Originally in uh, 1736. And this one here inc- was included in the collection of 23 stanzas. And it's a very, very good hymn. Did you notice who the translator was? Let's see. Uh, Oliver Ruprecht, right? If I got that right, Oliver Correct. Ruprecht. Did you know him? No. I had him as a prof. You did? Yes. No kidding. Yep. Before or after the walkout? Oh, it's always before. Before the walkout. <laughs> <laughs> but he was very good. A uh, good guy, huh? Yeah, it was at senior college, I believe. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, um, in fact, as I go through here, I, I know a number of these hymn writers... You know, um, yeah, Henry Gerke. Oh, yeah, right. Franzman. Franzman, sure. Oh, they they really chose some very good ones, and uh, this particular hymn uh, really is typical of the Pietistic school, which they say is purely dactylic. Dactylic. Do you have any idea what that means? Uh, doesn't have to do with teaching. Dactylic. Dactylic. I, I think it's the form. Of the movement of the hymn. Uh huh. And it says it captures the imagination of young and old alike. Yeah. So, it's, a, it's a rousing hymn. Yes. It really is a rousing hymn. You're using it Sunday? Uh, you know, I have never used it. I, I, I know, I don't have any good, good excuse except that, uh, well, it's. It, it, you know, it needs to be introduced properly, and, and uh, I, I, it's a little bit challenging. Melody, you think so? Uh, a little bit. It sounds it sounds great when you hear a whole congregation sing it like that. Yes, that's right. But you know, it takes some courage to sing it for the first time. That's all I'm saying. And I've never, I've never, yeah, well, I can never. You, you know, problem with me, if I can remember how the hymn goes, that's helpful for me. Now, now it's true. Uh, one thing I've got on our computer here is I can play the melody very simply. Plunk, plunk, right, plunk, right, plunk. right, right. I can play the melody simply and and know basically how it goes. But I got to hear this hymn sung like it was just sung here. Yes. To really say, hey, we're going to sing this this Sunday. Yeah, one of the churches I met four of them, and one of them I was preaching at. The the choir was absolutely tremendous on mm-hmm. the hymn. And I, I even told that the organist a number of times, you've got to start tape recording. Oh. And then I discovered that it was hardly anybody from the congregation. It was her family that was in town. <laughs> and, yeah, I have that too. Where I've got, yeah. I got a couple of, couple of relatives. Whenever they visit, I, I, can, I can tell they're in the 
in the congregation because I didn't hear him sing. Well, one of them was a pastor. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And so afterwards, he, I did the study on the Athanasian Creed. He uh-huh. asked for a copy of it. I uh-huh. sent it to him yesterday, all the Bible verses I came in. You know, the the singing at Concordia Seminary was so magnificent in the chapel. Yes. How was it at the senior college? Was it the same way? Oh. When you had chapel? Did, was there good singing there? I mean, good rousing singing? Two years ago, I believe it was, I was asked to go there. I did lectures to the students, and I also preached in the chapel. No, I'm talking about in the senior college when oh, you the were there. The senior college. On that level. I don't remember that. Well, I remember how strong the singing was. I'm almost sure it was because of the organ. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You got a tremendous organ there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but boy, I'll tell you where the singing is really good is at St. Paul de Bear. Oh, how really? They redid their, I think, almost a million dollars in redoing the balcony. Oh, wow. And the whole orchestra can get up there. And Wow. Boy. Although Louise isn't looking forward to going there this Sunday. It's the first time she's going to be there in five weeks because she's been driving me everywhere. Oh, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> and so they're going to be asking, "How's Pastor Baker? How's he doing?" And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus has come and brings pleasure. First stanza, please. Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal, Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, Godhead, humanity, union supernal. O great Redeemer, you come as our friend. Heaven and earth now proclaim this great wonder. Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal. Now, if you listen to the promo, my first question was, Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal. So do we have to wait till eternity after the last judgment day to get that pleasure? No, I would say no. Uh -uh. We, We get a foretaste, of course, in the word and sacrament. Yes. We get a foretaste of that pleasure. You know, we walk by faith, not by sight. So we have that pleasure already by faith. And someday, of course, when he comes again in glory and takes us to that new heaven and new earth, we'll have it by sight as well. Yeah, the word pleasure often has an emotional thing to it. Yes. Whereas when Jesus met with the disciples on the night of the resurrection and said, peace be with you, it said the disciples had joy in their heart. Yes. And joy is different than pleasure. Yes, yes it is. You Or happiness. Right. I, I, I distinguish between joy and happiness. Yes. Oh, I remember. Happiness is just... There's know. a translation on the Beatitudes, blessed, they say, happy are those. Yeah. That is so bad. <laughs> because, uh, you know, blessed are those, happy are those when you're persecuted. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 you're happy. <laughs> And uh, so pleasure is different than joy, but I think that's what's meant here, of course. Uh, The pleasure that we receive at a funeral. Right, right. You're not happy at a funeral. No, but you sure are thankful and joyful that your your loved one you know is with Jesus. And it's really interesting how people get pleasure. Um, Some pleasures are just purely carnal, you know, just fleshly. Yes, I, I I don't know. What do you think of people who tattoo themselves? Boy, Tom, I don't, I do not understand. You know, I look at these young ladies. Yes. Beautiful ladies 
and they've got a whole tattoo running up and down their arm. What's that going to look like when they're 65, 70 years old? You know, for one thing, I don't think it looks good now. But yeah. think of how that's going to look when they're 60, 70 years old. I do not understand. I do not understand what these people are thinking when they, especially, especially the real big tattoos running up and down their arms. Well, who wants to do that? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I get a little. You you got me started. I I, I yeah, I'm just not crazy. About now, it. is that a pastoral view? No, that's my own personal. That's right. That's you my really own personal make a distinction there. Right. Oh, sure. Obviously, I don't. I don't like a lot of piercings either. For one thing. Yeah. Um, well, why do you ask that question? Because last night I was driving Uber. Yeah. You know, I had about four people, but the last one I picked up was a gentleman who was coming out of a tattoo parlor. Oh, boy. <laughs> he could hardly walk. Oh, yeah. It, it's painful. Because he's doing his whole body, oh. and at this time they were working on the stomach. Oh, my goodness. And, and you know those things are expensive. Well, I don't know about that. But the fact I'm trying to get to, I want to understand, why are you doing this? And it was really very interesting talking. It was a long ride back. It was uh-huh. over 18 miles back to oh, his house. Man. And when he got out, he said, I almost feel like vomiting. And I said, please get out of the car. <laughs> you know, But uh, he didn't. And he said, I'm going to hit the hay and go right to sleep. And so I was asking him, you know, why? And believe it or not, it gives him great pleasure to have these tattoos on his body. I don't understand. No, I I may not understand it. Everybody's different, I guess. But, um, like, I I like watching uh, Britain, you know, uh, that that program where they have all the singers and everything like that. Right, And some of them who are really good singers come out with torn jeans. Yeah. Or they have tattoos on and things like that. But they they win because of how, how good a singer they are sure so i got a little different view last night here was a, a gentleman who's got a lot of problems in his life uh-huh. and this seemed to help him hmm. get through the problems um and I, I can't say on the radio what he was putting on his body the words <laughs> but be that as it may you know each his own kind uh, of thing i suppose so and I, I guess it gave me a different, a little understanding of that, that if somebody came into the church with tattoos, I'm not going to be quite as negative as I might have been right. after talking to him. Obviously. Oh, yeah. No, you don't want it. Absolutely. Now, the man was really hurting, and so you know what we ended up talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'll tell you, it was such a long trip, he fell asleep three times. I'm talking away, and... Ask him a question, there's silence. And I look back, and he's leaning against the post sleeping. So, and he's worried about the next time because they haven't finished the stomach. And then they're going to start his back. But he was really looking forward to having it done, but not going through it. You know, people, I don't know if people realize how expensive those things are. Yeah, I don't know. They they really are. How expensive they are. Um... He he works at a grocery store, uh-huh. stocking shelves and things like that and taking care of food. But there's an example where you can really have a message about the pleasure Jesus brings. Uh-huh. See, he was doing this to overcome sadness in his life hmm. and was really quite unaware 
of the Christian pleasure and joy through faith in Christ. Hmm. But you've already mentioned that this isn't something that we have to wait for in the eternity after Judgment Day. So what else does this verse, this first verse, say? Like, what's Alpha and Omega? Well, I got a better one for you. Well, no, no. Alpha and Omega, of course, are Christ. He's the Alpha and the Omega. What is, that? What is Alpha and Omega? The, the Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the last. And so yes. he's, he's the A and the Z. He's the beginning and the end. Like when you say to your wife, I love you A to Z. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I get a better one for you. Go. How about union supernal? What does supernal mean? I've heard that word before. I think maybe in connection with uh, the Athanasian Creed, I think. I'm yes, not, you're correct. But, but what does that mean, supernal? Well, you've got the Godhead humanity, but they're not united in that. It's in their union that's superior to everything, uh-huh. that they're God. Uh-huh. In fact, I had a real interesting Bible study trying to explain... What's that? The Father's incomprehensible, the Son... And incomprehensible, the Holy Spirit incomprehensible. And I once said that sometimes it seems like the Athanasian Creed is incomprehensible. incomprehensible. <laughs> and then I found out I had the wrong meaning of incomprehensible. Oh, oh well, yeah, I think it, it means you can't. nothing can contain it. No. It doesn't mean that. It has nothing to do with his image. It's mystery? The mystery of you can't fathom it? Close, but not the Trinity... John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave us. That's him. what's incomprehensible. Oh, I see the love that he had for lost. You can have a whole sermon on the Trinity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. About the uh, attributes and all this. Right. And it just is nothing. Right. Because the incomprehensibility, I found out, refers to his work. His, his... That's totally incomprehensible. Or his love. Well, that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a love. Here's the example I gave. I have a, uh, a hardware store, and my daughter works there. Mm-hmm. And so crooks come in, and they're robbing it, and they shoot my daughter. And the police come in, and they say, you have a choice. We can arrest him, or you can forgive him. Which one am I going to do? Uh, I'd say you arrest him. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's according to the left-hand kingdom. <laughs> no, I'm just but, kidding. But the fact of the matter is, we do that to Jesus. Sure. And he forgives us. Yeah. That's the incomprehensibility. Uh-huh. And I had a whole sermon on that, that the incomprehensibility of the Trinity is not trying to figure out. That's easy. I can ask you all kinds of questions about the Trinity. You'll get every one of them right. For example, how many persons are there? Three. Uh, how many gods? One. Uh, who's almighty? All. Three, yeah. three almighty. Who's omniscient? Uh, all of them. Yeah, all of them. All the attributes are all of them. We understand the Trinity. That's not incomprehensible. We know. may it's not be able to... I don't know. It's pretty unfathomable. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> different than incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, right. The incomprehensibility, and that's a really important point to recognize, that the work of the Trinity is incomprehensible. Therefore, you can never convince someone to become a Christian by uh, reason. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, right. That, that makes sense. It has to <laughs> <That's> be <reasonable. laughs> law and gospel. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You can't Holy... prove faith. No, you cannot... can't prove faith. No, you, you can't It's prove... got to be the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, because a lot of people are not Christian because they don't need Christ, which means they are 
in the area of incomprehensibility concerning mm-hmm. his work mm-hmm. and the need they have for him. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what faith does. It takes the incomprehensible that we now nod our heads to, mm-hmm. even though we don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Because we really have a hard time following it. I agree 100%, but don't you think we, there's really some gems in the rest of the verses? Don't you think we should proceed? No. Okay. I, I liked what I was saying. <laughs> All right. I like it too. But it's just such a beautiful, it's a magnificent hymn. Stanza two. Jesus has come, now see bonds rent asunder. Fetters of death now dissolve, disappear. See him burst through with a voice as of thunder. He sets us free from our guilt and our fear, lifts us from shame to the place of his honor. Jesus has come, hear the roll of God's thunder. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. And I really like it when it gets to, uh, when it talks, I think it's the third verse, where it says, I love this verse, it's just something about this. All right, this. go ahead. Satan, you wicked no, no, no. one. start at the beginning. Okay. Jesus has come as the mighty redeemer. See now the threatening strong one disarmed. Jesus breaks down all the walls of death's fortress. Brings forth the prisoners triumphant unharmed. Satan, you wicked one, own now your master. Jesus has come, he the mighty redeemer. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that, you know, Satan, you wicked one, (laughs) own now your master. In other words, you know, you're finished, Satan. I mean, it's, it's kind of like his descent into hell. Well, also when he went about Job, he had to go to God. And also I think of how he uh, cast out demons right, right and left when he came to this earth, you know. Yes. And he breaks, you know, it's just it's just a magnificent verse. The Passion of the Cross. Do you remember the first scene? It's Jesus standing on a, on a serpent. Yes, yes, I remember that. That was neat. Yeah, yeah. that was neat how they showed Satan, it. you wicked. <laughs> yeah, own your own power. That's very good. Jesus has come. He, the mighty Redeemer. Notice, this is a Trinitarian hymn, but it's nothing about the Trinity. The form of the Trinity is all about His work. Yeah, the caption up above in the hymnal is Redeemer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. It's just incomprehensible that in our sin, God forgives us, dresses us in the robe of Christ's righteousness, cleans up our whole act. Yeah. Who could, who could even dream that no. up? Well, it's got to be divine. It's all, it, it's got to be God-given. You couldn't dream this up. No, in fact... And that's why every other world religion yes. doesn't have it. No. They don't get it. They have nothing it's near only it. given by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And any other religion saying that God died for you or he took your punishment, you don't find that anywhere. No. No, it's all... And, and see, that's the interesting thing. Revealed in Holy Scripture. That Christianity says no work you do here on earth will either send you to hell or heaven. And a lot say of that again. No work you do here on earth will either get you to heaven or send you to hell. I'm not sure if I understand why you say you you won't it won't get you to hell. No work that you do on earth will get you to heaven. I know I know you I know okay. it won't get you to heaven, but why won't it get you to hell? I think you got to clarify that for the people. I think I got to clarify it for Mark. For, for me too. <laughs> <laughs> because every sin you do is forgiven. Ah, I see. I and see. so God. I see what you're saying, yeah. Okay. And who goes to hell 
What's the difference in every other religion? Everybody, everybody is headed to hell apart from Christ. In distinction between heaven and hell, in every religion, wicked people go to hell. But in Christianity, unbelievers go to hell. See, it's unbelief that sends you to hell. Right, right. That's the only thing that damns. That's right. That's right. Very important. That's why so many of our Christian friends don't believe in this understanding of objective justification, Mm -hmm. which means the sins of everybody has has been atoned for. At the cross. Right. Yeah. Even the scoundrels of history are, are atoned for. And the reason they go to hell is they reject it. They reject it. They won't have it. They will prefer to pay for their own sins. Yeah. All right, stanza four. Jesus has come as the king of all glory. Heaven and earth, oh, declare his great power. Capturing hearts with the heavenly story, welcome him now in this fast fleeting hour. Ponder his love. Take the crown he has for you. Jesus has come, he the king of all glory. Once more, we get this incredulous part of Christianity, capturing hearts with a heavenly story. And the next part, ponder his love, not his identity. Mm -hmm. You don't get anybody... Oh, now I understand. Three persons in one. Okay, I'll become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. What, what moves them to become a Christian, the Holy Spirit uses the gospel, not a right. description right. of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. And um, it's the gospel that brings forth faith. Well, you said it. What are the means of grace? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize. Doctrine is important, but it's not a means of grace. Like you can have a whole, and I did this once, a whole sermon on the Athanasian Creed explaining all the verses. And as I've said, the woman who just found out her daughter was pregnant out of wedlock or the uh, father who found out his son was selling drugs doesn't help him at all. No. No. So it's important. It's got to be more than just informational. Exactly. It's got to be heartfelt, mm-hmm. creating me a clean heart. And that comes about by the preaching of the gospel. Boy, the, the more I look at that, Lutheranism really has it in a way that you don't find it in any other religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. Some are really close. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I mean, even Billy Graham will disagree with him on some things, but he has some great sermons. Oh, yes. Yeah, one of the best I ever heard was the funeral of Richard Nixon. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, was that good? Yeah. Yeah, because there was no altar call. Right. (laughs) He was in the casket. First time I ever heard Billy Graham not do an altar call. Yeah, that was really good. It was all about Christ and him. So, pleasure, if you understand it as joy, occurs here on earth from the moment of your baptism. So the word eternal, when does eternal begin for us? With our baptism. Yes. Our, bapti- our eternal life actually begins with our baptism. That or for those who come to faith by hearing the word of God. Right. I Good would point. say right. they, they, they also are in that. Yes. So you think you're going to be using this? Boy, I'd, li- I'd sure like to try it. This. Oh, summer. I would yeah. too. Just... What you could do, do you ever 
Well, you have a, a longer hymn during communion, but you could use some of it in the sermon. Yeah, yeah, you could introduce it that way. I, I think I'll probably, I think I'll probably start it off with opening hymn. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, and maybe I mean, it's not, a, it's not a tremendously long hymn. No, I'd like to see some of those other stanzas that that guy twenty three. Oh, I know. I bet. I wonder how good the rest of them are. I have no idea because they're not even in the book that I've got. Your church is at? Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, just south of the Watson and New Sappington uh, intersection out here in Crestwood, 8646 New Sappington Road. Uh, service 5 o'clock Saturday evening and uh, service Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Excellent. All right. That's Pastor Mark Smith. I'm Tom Baker. Tomorrow will be Bible Study Wednesday. Till then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.